Memories, the perfect pill to take us away from the monotonous present and the dreary future. After the last episode of Zelda, where we talked about our history with the franchise and how much it meant to us, I kind of thought, you know what? Why don't we just do it for at least Nintendo side of things, right? N64, GameCube. Don't really have much of a fondness with the Wii, but hey, you know, all you need is the N64 and the GameCube. But uh, welcome to Glitch Cube, our gaming podcast. Every week talk about art, games, and uh, why we love them. I'm Chris. I'm Christian. And welcome back, everybody. Thank you guys for joining us once again. As Chris said, we are going to be diving into our memories of Nintendo specifically. And we're going to be starting out with the console N64 today. So it's going to be a lot of fun to dive into this one. A lot of good memories with this. And it's kind of there's going to be some things that actually surprise you guys about our memories of the N64. I think we both have a couple big ones for this, <laughs> but there's so many amazing titles that were on the N64 throughout the years. And I feel like this console really paved the way for not just our childhoods, but a lot of people's childhoods when it came to starting gaming. And a lot of the best franchises started right here. The ones that we continue to talk about today, they started on the N64. I mean, come on, Smash Brothers. Are you serious? Yeah, of course. That was right here. <laughs> And it start it starts so long ago when you really look at it, it's like geez, man. But it, I, and we've been playing it since the beginning, the beginning of this franchise. So it's been it's been an amazing, amazing journey along the way. But there are a lot of games on our list that we want to talk about today when it comes to N sixty four. But why don't we dive right into my big surprise here? Is that I've played a lot of N sixty four games to completion, but. I have never actually owned an N64. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. <Yeah>. Criminal. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous whenever I look at the list of games I've beaten on the N64 and then realize I have beaten them at other people's houses. How long did I spend at their houses to have beaten <laughs> <laughs> some of these games? Like Ocarina of Time. I don't own, I never owned oh an N64, but I beat that game start to finish at somebody else's house. Yeah, that's right. I did that, <laughs> which is a little ridiculous and kind of funny and in, uh, in a weird, fun, like interesting way, right? Uh, like I mentioned in the last uh, episode when we were talking about Zelda, Ocarina of Time was a game that I actually watched my father and my uncle play. And that was my hmm. first real like dive into the Zelda franchise. I, I did remember seeing them and playing a little bit here and there, on uh, Super Nintendo and all that, right? Like, back, like original Zelda stuff. But they were really fun. I just, I ended up going back to them whenever I was older to really appreciate them. Ocarina of Time was the first one where it really hooked me and really got me. So after watching them play through it all, I would go every weekend to my uncle's house because that's just where I ended up every Saturday and Sunday. And I played that game from like every weekend to completion. And that's actually the place where I played a lot of these titles. My uncle was a huge Nintendo guy, and he would always make sure to have the newest games for us to play, especially the party games, right? Like Smash Brothers, Mario Kart, all those good stuff. 
we we played the hell out of those games at his house because he had four daughters. So I had four cousins that were around similar ages to us, right? So it was uh, just a bunch of kids running around. So he put us in front of the N64 and we fight over the rumble pack and all that good, <laughs> right? All that ridiculousness. But yeah, it was a amazing, amazing console. But the why don't we start off? I'm just kind of curious. What's your viewpoint on the controller? Right. Like Nintendo has always been so weird about their controllers, but for some reason they just feel good. But this one was especially weird because there was a whole section of the controller that you just never used. That D pad. I, I feel like holding it that yeah. way always felt stupid. <laughs> so you always ended up holding it from the middle of the controller, having your hands all cramped up, right? Like you never actually used the d-pad that much and if you had to it felt really awkward like reaching up for it right like it's just it's such a weird thing and we just kind of accepted it right it's just a yeah this is normal it's there i don't remember any game that used that d-pad i uh i still have my original n64 and controller and the stick feels a little loose thank you mori party yeah, but yep. the d-pad feels so brand new like it feels stiff it feels like as if it just came out of a box and i'm like <laughs> i'm really trying to think i'm like what i mean maybe a fighting game but even then like it was only 3d fighting games on the n64 so mm -hmm. like well, what is it you know like used it. what yeah. used it and even if you did like it's so awkward to hold the stupid thing mm -hmm. like even in zelda the stuff was on the seas right like yeah, it was hot. I mean, the C's are basically the second stick. Yeah, when you think about it. Yeah. Oh, and camera control on that? No, thank you. But speaking of Mario Party and joysticks going out, oh my gosh, how many times did you get blisters on your hands from playing that game? Oh my god, using your palm to <laughs> rotate it really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that yeah, kids, think about that. That's how hardcore gamers were back then where you'd actually leave a game of Mario Party. You, if you didn't have a blister on your hand, that meant that you weren't trying hard enough. <laughs> and you really <laughs> needed to go that much harder while playing the next time. It, it, was, it was bad. It was so bad. There was no real like cushion or cover on the thing. It's just hard plastic, and it just burned. It's like the worst kind of like rug burn that you could possibly get from spinning that joystick. And it, it yeah. And they ended up putting it in like almost every like I felt like every other mini game was spin the damn joystick as fast as you can. Mm -hmm. So uh, yeah, we had like calluses from playing, you know, like it was. <laughs> so that joystick was weak. I mean, yeah. when you look at the PlayStation One when the the first uh, DualShock came out, like that joystick at least felt good. Like it mm -hmm. felt like it would stand the test of time. But when you look at the N64, it literally is just a little, it's a, a stick on a very small little ball, or at least it's perceived to be that way. And it's just like, there's enough, it feels like there's a whole lot of room for you to move that stick around. And I'm mm -hmm. just like, I would always be worried it would break. Like, I remember, you know, back before Joy-Con Drift, I remember like an N64 controller. It was third party, but still, it was a good one, Mad Cat's. And it, dude, Mad Cat's controllers were the shit. <laughs> I felt it. like they were shit at times, but yeah, yeah, it's 
the yeah. stick would just like drift and i'm like why is this happening like you know th- this is back when that stuff was new didn't really exist you know mm-hmm. but yeah mario party really borked i think a lot of people's sticks mm-hmm. after uh doing a little bit of research which makes sense yeah well in the in the actual housing for the joystick itself if i remember correctly it wasn't a perfect circle right like it actually had a lot of the angles cut out into it for your up down right left right and the in the angles as well right so it never rotated smoothly like it would get caught so that's where you would get the force of having to really like move this thing in a circle if you had to do that for those mini games so it was it was a weird one and it just never felt really really good to hold and i think what made it even worse was okay so this was before rumble or vibrations were in controllers which is now something that we kind of take for granted because it's in everything i mean hell now your controllers will talk to you which is kind of ridiculous for a little like cues and things like that in the games But that wasn't a thing for the N64. So you had to get an additional rumble pack to attach to the bottom of the controller, which probably added like fucking five pounds to the controller. Like the thing was huge. Like it was a a giant brick of a thing that you added onto the controller. So like these controllers already were really big, especially for like a kid's hands, right? Like these things are massive. And then now you throw that in there and it's just like this gigantic thing. And I remember some of those rumble packs that you, they had to put uh, AA batteries into them, right? So they would oh, just get, yeah, yeah, they would get even heavier with that. Like they had some where it's just like if it dies, it dies. It is what it is. It kind of like recharges slightly through the controller itself. But then there were some of them, the, like third party ones, that had the AA batteries in there. So and I think it took four AA batteries. So like the thing was just a beastly contraption on like the back of it where your controller looked like a hermit crab <laughs> like it's just <laughs> this huge just thing hanging off just to get your controller to kind of vibrate <laughs> which is kind of ridiculous and then whenever games started implementing the vibrations to the controllers you felt like you absolutely needed that in order to actually play these things so it's another piece that you actually had to have because there's vibration cues in like mini games or like hints on where things are and all that kind of stuff. So it it was a weird time in gaming for sure. That thing where, vibrated like crazy too. Like oh, if yeah. you played the wrong game, it was like a freaking like oh I won't say it, but it, it, it's <laughs> you intense know. vibration. Yep, yep, yep. You know, I'm I just think like, everybody kind of gets what you're trying to put down there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were all kids. We all were like, I'm gonna set this on my lap. I want to see what it does. And that thing was crazy, man. There's Freaking... games where you can watch the controller go across the floor. Like it, it would yep. shake so bad it just keeps going, it would run away from you. So <laughs> you're just constantly trying to go get back up. If you place it down real quick, it's pretty funny. Like, yeah. It, it's it's so bad. Uh, they had some weird attachments for the controller. Like I remember, well, I remember the memory card. Yeah. Yeah. Which looked stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember, and I dumb. still have this, I lost my rumble pack, but I have the Pokemon cart reader that you would use oh, for Pokemon yeah. stadium. Mm-hmm. And that thing's so cool. Like, I mean, it's even bulkier because it's L shaped. So it looks really stupid. Mm hmm. But it was so cool, man, seeing, like, Pokemon on there. I mean, 
you could see that already on the the Super Nintendo with the the Super Game Boy, but for some reason, being able to see it on the on the N sixty four with the cool frame just for it, it was so cool. Like Pokemon Stadium was the shit. Yeah, oh, back yeah. in the day, I was like, oh my god, it's three D. Like it was blowing my mind. And like you know what, I'm gonna be outright and say it: the actual battles sucked. I played it for the mini games, dude. Clefairy Classroom, screw that. The sushi eating, that's my shit. This, that was, you know, I just, I forgot about that stuff, dude. That was awesome. I Those never mini forget games are that. so cool. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. That, that sushi one was, oh my God. I miss it. Like, I could just play that game. Like, if that was easily available to me, I would probably play that daily on my phone. Just because I don't know why, but it was so addicting. The Clefairy one, though, like. I'm surprised they didn't ever do that. They should do that. Like, a lot of these mini games, nostalgic ones, just remake those. Yeah. I'd pay a dollar for that. That'd be easy money. Yeah, I would. I would really enjoy that. Now, do you remember that whenever they first came out with the clear cases? Oh my god, I wanted one so bad. Yeah. Or the yeah, Pikachu I remember seeing one. the purple clear case specifically. Oh my gosh, those were so cool. I always wanted a see-through one. It was so rad. But then whenever mm. you get that, you still have like the nasty gray uh rumble pack. So you have this nasty gray rumble pack sticking off <laughs> of your really cool clear like <laughs> controller. Like nothing matched ever in the N64 days. It was pretty ridiculous. And then the, so what I thought was really funny is like, all right, we talked about the configuration of this controller, right? It's basically a Trident, right? It's an upside down Trident, the way you hold it. But then the third party controllers that came out afterwards were ridiculous to look at. Like, it's just a bunch of like Stingray looking things because Mm -hmm. they knew people didn't use the D-pad. So it just has a long stick where the the joystick is and then just like nothing off to the side. Dude, these things are weird, and I, I've always thought they looked goofy as hell, and they never felt right, but it's just, yeah, it's so funny to see how many different, like, iterations there are of the N64 controller. Kind of amazing. And do you remember the Boomerang controller? The PlayStation Boomerang that. controller? No, they made one for the N64. Like, it's actually in the shape of a boomerang, and it just looks, like, so weird. Ew. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. It looks like um the Star Trek icon. <laughs> the, it does. The, the Ew. Art. <laughs> that looks like it's going to kill my wrist. Yeah, yeah. Like the angle of it is not ergonomic at all. It's 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 like at a perfect 90 degree angle. It just looks weird. It's worse than the PlayStation Boomerang. If people are familiar with that one. Oh my god! Yeah. Do you remember the microphone? No, it was only oh, for two games, but for Hey yeah. You Pikachu. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Oh my god! I, I a long time ago, I lost a lot of my N sixty four games for some reason, and mm. only a couple survive. And one of them is Hey You Pikachu with my original microphone, and I'm just like, wow. Looking at it now, screw that game because Pikachu like wouldn't listen to you. And, but back then I thought it was so cool, man. Like this was before Seaman, 
right? Like Seaman was we're... such a weird game. <laughs> yeah, but it was kind of perfect in a sense too. Yeah. Whereas Pikachu was like this. It was the idiot, right? But it was the lovable <laughs> idiot. Um, but yeah, I thought that was so cool. That you were able to talk to it, like, I don't know, like the N sixty four, like graphically wasn't. It was impressive at first, but clearly it got outdated pretty quickly because of PlayStation. But it did do some innovations with it that, to me, still kind of stick out, like. I think I remember reading that the RAM was better on the N64 and that's why some things actually ran better. Like I'm trying to think like games didn't really feel like they dropped frames back then. Like they always felt kind of smooth. I mean, graphically they don't hold up like at all. Yeah. But, and they're almost like comical now at this point. Right. Like, uh, like with Star Fox 64, whenever the icons are talking to you, it just looks like a Muppet freaking out. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's so great. It's like, oh, Fox. <laughs> or was it the when Slippy dies? Oh, God. Slippy. <laughs> <And> no. <it's> a- <laughs> I used to love just shooting their ships down because they were but it's just funny when they died. Fox's head just like flapping. <laughs> it's just him <laughs> flapping and just in the text. It's just, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that stuff. Or, uh, oh, God, what was the rabbit's name? Pepper? No. Yeah, it was Pepper. It was Pepper, yeah. Where he's always yeah. like, do a barrel roll. Oh, my God, <laughs> he wouldn't shut up either. <laughs> yeah, it was always do a barrel roll. And the way he said it, too, is so great. Oh, gosh. There's so God, many. I love Star things. Fox 64. I played that game so many times on all the different pathways. Like, for me, I think that was one of my favorite games. Uh, yeah. For a long time, because it it came out, I think the second year, uh, the N sixty four came out. Because I remember the N sixty four came out in September of ninety six, and I remember getting it for Christmas that year. And you know, it only launched with two games: Pilot Wings and Mario. And of course, mm-hmm. I got Mario. Uh, rented Pilot Wings, which was cool. I thought Pilot Wings it's was a the great future proof of concept game. Was. That was an awesome little title. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, both of those games really were, like, two good showpieces to an extent. Yeah. Of, like, what it could do. But, you know, I'm looking at, like, the first couple titles, right, for the N64. You got those two. You got Wave Race 64, which was phenomenal at the time. Like, my God, the water in that game looks so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't really care for Killer Instinct, Mortal Kombat Trilogy, Cruising USA, like, if there's one thing the N64 really like now that I'm realizing it, I think it's where I played the most racing games ever in my life. Yeah. A good chunk of the games on the N64 that I played were racing. Uh, I mean, the cruising games, uh, I'm not going to count like sports racing, right? Like snowboarding and stuff, but like some of the other ones that I'll bring up, uh, Beetle Adventure, which I, at when I was a kid, I thought I was the only one that ever played this. And then a few years ago, I looked it up and I'm like reading that people rave about the game. And I'm like, mm-hmm. really? Like people like this game? Like, I just thought it was cool. But there was two racing games that really stuck out to me as a kid. And I'm not counting Mario Kart. Everyone loves Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. First one, Star Wars Pod Racing. Ooh. 
That was a that game was so one. damn cool. That was a good one. And uh, between that, and this is still one of my most favorite racing games, but Diddy Kong Racing. Oh, that one was actually a really great game. I adored that game because I felt like not only did you get the kart racing in Mario Kart, but you had that kind of not open world, but you had these massive stages to explore. You had your boss fights that were in racing. Like it was just, to me, it stood out and I was enamored with that game. Mm -hmm. Like it, I don't know why, but it had an impact on me in a weird way. And to this day, when I play like a kart racer, it's hard for me to really think of anything better than in the past that game. You know, Mario Kart, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is basically perfect. And Crash Team Racing is perfect. So between those three games, I'm like, those are the only kart racers I need. But yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think there's any other racing games that really stood out to me. Like there was some really bad ones on it too, but I'm not going to waste time with terrible games in this episode. Nah, this is all about good memories. Yeah, though I will bring up, you know, if there's one thing from the genre we both love the most, the N64 didn't really have that many RPGs. No, I mean, PlayStation really like swooped in and took those guys. I think I mean, it was the size too, you know, you yeah. can't fit good RPG on a cartridge like that yeah i mean well that's the whole re i mean final fantasy 7 was supposed to be on the n64 originally which would have been a game changer at that point and it would have really set the pace like nintendo would have been king of every single like amazing big franchise right but because of the size and how many cartridges it was necessary to make that happen obviously disc made more sense because what final fantasy 7 was four discs or three three discs so like, yeah, it was three. Yeah, yeah, it was three. So like that's a lot already. I mean, even Metal Gear Solid was multiple discs, right? So it just kind of showed how much more they wanted to put the like towards those games. So with the cartridge movement of the N64, they lost Metal Gear and Final Fantasy. Like those are two huge mm -hmm. Sony PlayStation franchises that have really paved the way for you know, the, those games and those consoles themselves. And I mean, those were console sellers. Those are huge franchises that both oh, yeah. started on the Nintendo. And because of their push for cartridges, they, you know, they kind of, they lost those. I mean, obviously it didn't really hurt them that much. I mean, Nintendo's fine, <laughs> right? Like they kept mm -hmm. a lot of their big franchises regardless of the fact, and they've kept them alive all this time. But those, those are some pretty big hits to lose right there. I mean, even the Dragon Quest games, those were on Nintendo first too, right? Like, so it's it's kind of crazy to see that they left. I think Dragon Quest came back, right? Where you can play yeah. that on the Switch. They came back on the handhelds right. for the most part. But the fact that like they left temporarily because the cartridges just couldn't handle that much. Now, regardless of the fact, though, they were able to still get a decent amount of games on or like it like content into these cartridges themselves surprisingly right like the paper mario games had a lot of content to them like banjo kazooie mm -hmm. has a lot to it right like there's a lot going on in that game i mean super mario 64 the reason why mario's in 3d nowadays is because of these cartridge style games so it's 
it's not like there was a huge limitation on them. It just didn't allow some like PlayStation really sold it as far as upping the generation of graphics and 3D worlds that were possible. The Nintendo 3D worlds were a little bit more simplified. I mean, look at one of my favorite N64 games of all time, GoldenEye, right? Like the graphics are mm. horrible. <laughs> like they are utter garbage. Like it's so bad it's comical. But that game, I played the hell out of that game when I was a kid. I would go to my friend's house every single day after school. I still remember that kid's name. I don't remember anyone's name growing up because I moved too much. But I would go to Adam's house every single day to go play Goldeneye. It was so ridiculous. We'd sit at the end of his bed, like two feet away from the TV. And this is back when TVs were boob tube TVs, right? And like the big, giant, heavy things that are just ridiculous and they take up a whole dresser. And it, like, it, we would just sit there and play Goldeneye all day. And we wouldn't get any homework done, but we'd do that. It was great. We loved it. We'd just play Rockets all day. It was kind of ridiculous because I don't know if I can do that anymore. <laughs> okay. I so this is gonna be uh there's a few games on the n64 and I, I didn't really touch back in the day and i feel like I, I i get judged for this i i played goldeneye multiplayer a little bit i never touched a single player until just recently when it got put on a xbox on the the rare replay and uh there's a single I player mean, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> dude it's nice having like the dual stick camera now with it so oh, i'm like okay like yeah. i kind of want to play it but yeah i'm like i remember everyone freaking out about goldeneye but i just at that point i mean i'm trying to think like that was around like what 97 it came out yeah 97, 97. Mm -hmm. i was at that point, like I wasn't really playing too many shooters, so I wasn't super big into it unless I was at a friend's house. But even then, I was always like, I'd rather play something else. I don't mm -hmm. know. Like it was too. I didn't like the controls even back then, you know, um, but I loved it. I played odd job all the time. Yeah, I'm that guy. But I played odd job because I was always the shortest guy. So that was my argument. <laughs> I was like, Jesus I'm just playing Christ. me in real life. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yeah, reminds me. Like, I never, never touched Perfect Dark. I, I think the only shooter I really played on the N64 was Torok, which was, I don't know, it felt kind of badass back then. That I mean, but, looking back at it, it's like, what was I playing? It's an empty world, but it was great for then, right? I mean, it's yeah. the same thing with like Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark was dope. That was a really cool game. But looking back at it, it's like, oh boy, that does not look good. Yeah. But going with the RPGs, I was trying to like think about it because there weren't that many, right? I mean, mm -hmm. at least in the US. And I'm talking about more traditional RPGs. I know there's a bunch out there you could argue is like, oh, it's got RPG elements, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I, there's only a couple like Gauntlet Legends, which was <laughs> pretty. It was cool. You Your know, mage it needs felt... food badly. Yeah, no, that was oh great. Oh my God. It was great. You're awakening deepened memories. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Quest 64, <laughs> that was, a I remember game. renting that, being super excited about it. 
And oh my God, I, I know anybody out there that has watched anything on the N64, everyone always complains about that game, so I won't ramble about it, but man, I hated myself for renting that game. That that was the age whenever, like, there's no internet, right? So you just kind of take a guess and take a gamble. You get a game home, and then you're like, oh, oh, yeah, this sucks. <laughs> like, this is not good at all. So, like, it was, it, there was a lot of risk there. But, wait, okay, so I know that you really love this game, but did you play it? You probably played it on the PlayStation, I'm assuming. But Mega Man Legends? So I actually... I, it's funny because that's actually on my list because I can't remember where I played it because I remember playing Mega Man Legends 2 on the PlayStation. I think I think I played it on the N64. Because mm. I love that game. It's So on that one, it was actually called Mega Man 64. It was oh, yeah, yeah, Mega yeah, Man you're Legends. right. So there's a big difference there. And actually, I don't know if, you, if you've looked at side-by-sides of Mega Man Legends on PlayStation and 64. The N64 version looks so much better. It's like leaps and bounds better. It's almost like if they did a HD remake on the Mega Man Legends PlayStation. Like, I, which kind of blows me away because of that argument of, oh, the PlayStation's better at 3D graphics and handling that stuff. So like, oh, shit. like you saying the RAM on the N64 is better it actually makes sense because like the rendering is just amazing on the n64 like it's actually wow, crisp it and clear right like it's kind of a trip and i don't know how many other games were cross-platform at that time because i'd be curious about some more side-by-sides of that uh there were a couple but i think some of them the ones that were more shaky were like pc ports too like hexen mm. i remember being really interested in that and i remember the dude at blockbuster telling me don't rent it because it's not good on the n64 mm. but yeah i mean there was doom 64 like there's there were some games on there that were just like i don't know but yeah it's weird how like the console had some things better than the playstation and saturn at the time and i actually never realized the difference in fidelity with the Mega Man game it, like it's like leaps and bounds it's very noticeable i'm like and it even runs better like it's so it, stable it's bonkers yeah and, i think i did play it on the n64 actually looks phenomenal as well like i remember that because i used to play doom a lot on the pc at my uncle's house and it would always be like grainy and whatever right but like mm -hmm. on the n64 it actually looks super good like it, it really does look like it has like an HD filter on it. It's kind of a trip. So I don't, I think the N64 is a lot stronger than people really gave it credit for. Yeah, it was, I think really the only thing held it back was just the sizing limit. So like fidelity wise, like with more, I don't know, when you compare it to like, say Final Fantasy seven, like it's, mm -hmm. it's harsher in that aspect, but you know, there's certain times the N64 did look really good. I mean, think about Conker's Bad Fur Day. Oh, yeah, that was a great looking game. Granted, it was like the end of its lifespan, but um, that game was so... <laughs> Raunchy and just ridiculous. Yeah, but at the time it came out and the age I was when I played it, I was like, this game is perfect. Like, it, 
it was just funny, right? Mount Poo, like yeah. Well, it, and it was it was during the time where like parents didn't get warnings about games, so we just got this. It was like after yeah. Banjo Kazooie, we got Conqueror's Bad Fur Day, and then it's like, oh yeah, I'm totally fighting a shit monster right now. Don't look, mom. <laughs> right? Like. <laughs> You're telling me I can bounce on a sunflower's boobs? Hell yeah. Yeah, like it's, that's this game, <laughs> right? But it looks like Banjo-Kazooie. Like, it's just kind of ridiculous. And it's, just it's weird to stuff. think they went from Banjo and Kazooie to there. Like, Rare was so, there were so many good games by them on the N64. It's insane. Mm-hmm. But I just remember Conquer, and I remember the controversy it had when it came out. Um, it's, I feel like the controls are kind of dated now. Cause I went back recently, like a few years ago to play it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a timepiece, but instead of it, you know, there's the updated version on the Xbox, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say, just play that one. Cause it feels better, but they cut a lot out. And mm. I think if you want to play the, the game that had the shock value, you have to play the original because the newer version has a lot of cut content and I feel like it just isn't the same game. Right. And I don't know, could it, would it hold up today if it came out? I think while a lot of people will complain about it being raunchy, I think there's also a good chunk of people that probably all for it just to piss off other people. But yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a pretty enjoyable game, but I loved all their games. Like Banjo and Kazooie was my shit too. That was a fantastic little title. And it was goofy too, right? So like you can see the humor there, but it felt like after Banjo Kazooie, after Rare's success with all these different titles, they kind of just had like a free pass to do whatever they wanted. And they let all their humor and their just ridiculous like side out with this one. And it actually went over very fairly well. You know, obviously it probably picked up a lot of sales because it was a little ridiculous. But I mean, who doesn't want to see like a Banjo-Kazooie style game where if you get hit, you actually like burst into blood, right? Like that's in this game. Like it looks like jelly, but you know, you're getting smashed and you're like blood everywhere. And then a giant rock monster who's smoking a cigarette might come up and throw up on you, right? Like it's, it's really, really weird. Like, it's just a weird title for sure. But it was a lot of fun. And, like, it kind of speaks to where, like, Nintendo has always had those kind of, like, weird games, right? Like, do you remember um, Boogerman back in the day? Oh, that green dude. Yeah. Like, that. It, I always like, saw the cover. That's always been one of those games that, like, I used to play. And it's just, like, thinking back and, like, that's not what you would think of when you think Nintendo, but I played that on Nintendo, right? Like, it, it, there, there's, like, weird titles like that where it's just kind of like, oh, okay, all right. Well, like, obviously, they just kind of, it's late in the games, you know, I guess, like, light or the console's life, si- life cycle, so why not just have some fun with it? And these companies have such a, like, reputation now where it's like yeah sure we'll let them make their own fun game let's do that right so i don't know it's just kind of crazy there was a game on the n64 by rare that i never got to play um also shout out to blast core that's another one of my favorite games by them because you were able to blow up buildings but 
I never played Jet Force Gemini, and I always heard people like talk highly of it. That's another. Did one you ever been, play it? No, that's one that I've always seen and never got to actually play. Gotcha. To, though. Yeah. There's there's quite a few actually now looking back at this list and I'm like, oh yeah, that actually would be really cool to check out. Like uh Chrono Resurrection, that'd be fun. I wanna play that. Chrono Resurrection. What about that Shadowgate game? Oh, that one got discontinued. Damn it. Yeah. That's why I never actually came out. But never forgotten. Shadowgate sixty four was pretty cool. I remember like being really surprised by it because it's like a dungeon crawler. Mm. There's another game too little... that kind of popped up right now. I totally forgot. 1080 snowboarding. Oh, dude. Those snowboarding games were so dope. Oh, dude, snowboarding kids. Oh, my God. So good. Uh, I will bring up when you were talking about Paper Mario, like I, for the longest time, that was one of my favorite games. Like it just felt like perfection. Paper Mario is fantastic. I love that game. They did Thousand Year Door was really good too, but the mm-hmm. original just it it felt great and I felt like I never really played much of the Mario and Luigi RPGs, mm. but there was something about the first two Paper Marios that were just so good. Yeah. God, there's so there's so many Chameleon Twist. Oh man. Yeah. You know what game I hated? Hmm. Glover. Glover. Why does that sound so the, familiar? The glove on the stupid ball. Oh God. Ugh. That oh, that was such a weird one. Yeah. I mean Yeah. That I remember Buck Bumble. I like because of the song. There's some weird ass games on N sixty four too. Some, uh, you know what series was great hmm. that I still think highly of? The Rogue Squadron games. Oh, those are fantastic. Oh my god, they were so cool. I loved being bad, and like when you're flying in one of the friendly cities, you're just dropping bombs on all the civilians, mm-hmm. and it's like, ah, ah, like you just hear all the civilians like yell when you're like bombing them. Yeah, I'm an asshole. The one game that I never picked up that I I actually like I I never heard about it when I was a kid because I didn't have like access to all the magazines and everything like that. And I wasn't huge into this genre yet was the Ogre Battle 64. But like I've recently found that one and I I do want to try that out. It looks fun. I remember going. I usually go to uh, Blockbuster every week or every other week because we couldn't afford like new games all the time so i would just be renting games and i remember for multiple weeks i never looked out enough to be able to rent that game like i i would always see like the empty box but i would never see it like in stock and it would bum me out because i wanted to play it so bad for so long and i just never ended up doing it because it was never in stock and i feel like even at the store like a toys r us like i don't remember really ever seeing it on the shelves yeah it was weird i mean there's a reason why it's so expensive now because i feel like it didn't sell too well but it's kind of a trippy one yeah 
Like, Definitely one I want to play because it's different from the other Ogre Battle games. So People weren't really going to N64 for that. They're going to mm-hmm. for like Wave Racer 64. I, I, you know, I love the fact that a lot of the naming conventions was had the 64 at the end. Just like Castlevania 64? Yeah, like why does everything have to have 64 at the end? Like it's kind of silly. Star Fox 64, Wave Racer 64, Mega Man 64. Clay Fighter 63. Yeah. <laughs> 63, yeah, okay. Clay Fighter? N64 oh had Clay some weird-ass games. Wait, which Clay, one? Clay Fighter? That was on N64, right? Like, Yeah, it's like a very rare game. Dude, I love Clay Fighter. You probably played the one on the Super Nintendo, though, right? Pro- yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's the one on the N64 was Blockbuster exclusive. Mm. Clay Fighter was such a weird fighting game. Yeah, it was a weird racist little game back then. Yeah, it was pretty racist. But it was, I, I like the claymation of it, you know? Mm-hmm. I like the Taffy guy. He was one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, the Taffy was cool. Taffy was rad. There's so many weird-ass characters in that. Blue suede goo the with the Elvis look-like. Oh, God, I remember him. <laughs> the Viking lady, Helga, yeah. I think. Yep. The snowman, right, that everybody played. He's on the yep. cover, most iconic guy. And there's one thing that I loved about the N64 was that there was just so many weird games. And I know we've we've kind of like mentioned a couple, but some that kind of like I really remember really well. Um, I guess this one isn't too weird, but I remember being really into the Paperboy game. Oh, that was a really fun one. The Paperboy games are great. Yeah, this one was cool because it's like I love the original so when it was 3D, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, even though, like, aiming with the controller was a pain, it felt good in that game. Mm-hmm. But I remember playing the hell out of that. But one weird title. Actually, damn, I got two. Um, but the weirdest one, I think, is uh, Space Station Silicon Valley. And I don't know that. I one. feel like this is a title, when I bring it up, people are either... One, don't know it. Or two, people are like, oh my God, I remember that game. But it's like, people won't remember unless you bring it up. But it was made by the same studio that went on to make GTA. Uh, It's a weird little game. Basically, you are like a little microchip and you go around and you overtake animals, like their bodies. It kind of is reminding of like a Kirby Hmm. In a sense, mm-hmm. it's a very weird game, but it's. I felt for the time it was pretty innovative, and I'm like surprised that it didn't really get any bigger. Like, I. One time I was curious and I was looking at magazines, and some of them actually rated it really high, but because it was so weird and kind of like secluded to a certain kind of like audience i think it just never really got big which is a bummer but i've never seen this game it's cool i uh i like it i i would love to see them like at least put it out on the switch or something but i i doubt it and that's that's a game that's just lost in time just like one of my other favorite games on the n64 
Mischief Makers. Mischief Makers. I don't know if I know that one either. I loved this game. This game was so damn cool looking and it was so, oh, so much fun. Oh, I remember seeing the cover for this. Yeah, I feel like that cover, you would always see that game like at every game store. I don't know why, but I just remember always walking into multiple stores and always seeing that cover. Mm -hmm. Maybe because no one bought it, but that's a shame because it's a damn good game. I don't even know what the premise is of it. It's just another platformer. Okay. Um, Like 2.5D. Got it, got it. Um, it's good. I I think it still holds up, actually. Uh, recently, I went through and played a bunch of old N64 games from my childhood, which anybody out there that has like nostalgia glasses and wants to play games from their past but is worried if it still holds up, usually they don't, yeah. I'll be honest. Yeah. And with the N64, that's something that really became apparent. And it was kind of a bummer because I was holding on to the good memories for so long that when I played them recently, it just, it really didn't have that same feeling. And I think aside from like the mainstream games on the N64, it's really hard to go back to some of them. And it's a shame because there were some really imaginative games back then. I mean, the industry was creating some of the weirdest games that I think to this day we don't see anymore, right? right. Like PlayStation one had weird games in 64 Saturn, like this generation and the next had such a huge library of just stuff that you would never see today. And it's, it sucks. I mean, we can, we see some of these weird titles in indie games, but even then we don't see some of the weird stuff that we saw back then. And I don't know, to me, that's, that's one thing that I, for me, it's my favorite game generation. Like this one, the N64 PlayStation Saturn. It was just fascinating seeing this kind of evolve and damn it. One of my favorite games for like two decades came out on the N64 and I'm, Looking back at it right now, I'm like, ugh, it's still really, really good. Which one? Harvest Moon 64. Oh, boy. I still own my original copy. And uh, I I love those kind of farming games. Uh, Stardew is really cool. I'll, I love Stardew. But Harvest Moon 64 has such a special place in my heart. And I don't know how that came to be because that was the first, Oh no, I played, I think harvest moon on the game boy Hmm. and I did not like it. I was like, this just feels awful. Mm -hmm. But when I saw it for the 64, I was like, I need this. And once I got into it, I just didn't want to put it down. Like, Basically, in the game, you know, after three years, the story kind of reaches its end, but you can keep going. And I think there's still some small story events up until the fifth year. I ended up playing, I think, up to the 18th year. Holy crap. Even though there was nothing new, I just, I loved the game so much. Like, it was so cool. Even though there's no point 
you know, because once you're married and have your kid, it's not like you can go and flirt around with others. So there's not really a point in going any further. But I was just curious. I was, (laughs) yeah, I was just hoping for more. And I mean, we didn't really see that till the next game back to nature on the PlayStation where stuff still kept going kind of for a few extra years. But that game is just, I don't know, like from building up your farm, finding the special power fruit, you know, all the little secrets that, you know, even I learned about a secret in that game a few years ago that I never knew about. And I was like, Oh my God, like I want to go back and play it. You know, it's, (laughs) It's weird how that game is always in my mind. And when I when I look at Stardew and stuff like that, a part of me is always like, I love Harvest Moon 64 and Back to Nature so much that it's hard for me to compare any other farming sim to those games. Even like some of the later Harvest Moon games that people really liked, like Wonderful Life and uh magical melody and all those ones and this new story seasons games like yeah they all expanded and added more stuff but there was something about those two titles that just had the perfect amount of content without getting annoying mm, right but yeah it's it's weird because for the longest time in the past couple of years i was always talking a lot of crap on the n64 because you could easily look at the library now and kind of say, wow, this is the worst of the three big consoles at the time. But as I look at it now, it it's not that bad. Like it, yeah, it doesn't really like hold up too well, but there's so many fun games that I feel like are not hiding just behind nostalgia glasses. Like I feel like they are enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I think if a lot of these games had modern controls, like, oh, it'd be on and Kraken. Like, hell yeah. I, oh man. It's like the more I'm talking, the more I'm remembering a lot of other games, like the Army Man games. I remember. Oh, yeah, those are great. I thought they were so cool. I was like, oh my God. Like, for me, that was my shooting game on the N64. But it's, interesting when you look at nintendo's first party games on that on this console and you can see they were starting to explore with new ideas right we were seeing more mario sports titles right golf tennis uh wasn't there another one on the n64 besides the two or my uh no no strikers wasn't there right no yeah most gamecube you know and Definitely, we're going to have a GameCube episode, too, because I feel like I have a very good history with that, with some very odd choices in games. But when you look at the GameCube, Nintendo, I think, had their biggest library of diverse games. They explored, they experimented with so many different kinds of games, and to an extent, for me, still hold up in a lot of ways. And I kind of miss that. I mean, I miss that with all these current consoles where they lack the diverse, weird risks in games. So looking back at these older consoles, it feels good, right? Like, you know, you look at how on the Super Nintendo, we 
barely had any Mario sports titles at all, right? Mm -hmm. Now we go to the N64, we have a couple. And then you go to the GameCube and you have a bunch more. And it's just, I don't know. It's interesting to see the evolution. And it didn't really feel like they were trying to milk a franchise at that point because it was still pretty early, right? The N64 was their third console and it was them being still kind of stuck in the past compared to the other big two. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I love it. I love those Zelda games on there. Like, it's just, it's fun to think back in those games. Yeah. There's there's so many, so many to look back at. Oh, Mystical Ninja Gomon. Oh, my <laughs> God. That game was so cool. <laughs> the the list goes on and on, right? Like, the, the N64 oh, yeah. is the nostalgia maker. A thousand percent. And like you said, people can crap on this console as much as they want. They can say that it was the worst out of all the big consoles at that time. But look at the franchises. Look at what has started right there on the N64, where we've gone from there. And it's just, it's mind-blowing. And, you know, yeah, sure, looking back at a lot of these titles, they definitely don't hold up that much anymore. Whether it's visuals, controls, whatever it may be, but you're never going to lose that feeling you had when you played them the first time. When you played them with your friends, when you shared them with your family, like it was just such an amazing experience, not just for yourself, but for everybody involved. It, it, was, a, it was a game changer, 100%. But yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening in, and we will talk to you next week with some more games, art, and all that good stuff in between. But until then, bye for now.